Trixie, I wish I had headphones for you. We could listen to hound sounds together. You're listening to Hound Sounds, telling stories great and small of dogs around the world. Hound Sounds is supported by Lily's Kitchen, who make proper food for dogs. Hello, I'm Kate Barl. Henrietta Morrison was devastated when her puppy Lily became very ill. Nothing seemed to help. She was desperate until she found that the food she was home cooking for Lily began to make a difference and it would lead to a life-changing decision. My name's Henrietta Morrison. I set up a company called Lily's Kitchen and we make dog food and cat food. I'm here on Hampstead Heath, overlooking one of the lovely ponds, and I'm here with Lily. Lily's my border terrier. She's 12 years old, and I feel very, very lucky to have her today in such fine health and looking very lively as well this morning. Within, I don't know, days, hours, days, very early on, I just felt this incredible bond with Lily. And, you know, whatever she was going through, I felt her pain. You know, when I walked through the door, she was, you know, just overjoyed to see me. It was something that I hadn't really factored in about getting a dog because I hadn't had a dog before. I just had no idea that this, that the bond could be so strong, you know, that, that I would no longer be able to walk into an empty house because it just would feel so empty and lonely that I'm used to walking to a house and hearing Lily run down the stairs or, you know, bark hello and just jump up on me and just look so completely excited to see me, even though it's been a couple of hours probably since I last saw her. She just gives me so much. Um, Lily had terrible skin condition and uh, was really quite ill as a puppy. And I did the typical thing of you know feeding her what the breeder gave me to feed her. And after a few months, I just noticed that she was getting various little sort of scabs on her stomach that then continued to grow and grow. It wasn't exactly eczema. It was it was worse than that because it had got into her ears and she was just rubbing her ears the whole time. You know, and then dragging her ear on the floor, which is really distressing as an owner because you think, God, you know, what is wrong? So I tried literally everything, every variety of food over a period of about a year, and nothing seemed to clear up her condition. And we reached the point where I would put the food in her bowl and she'd go running up to the bowl in the kitchen and then just back away and would just refuse to eat what was in there. And I was quite devastated. And it sort of, in a way, forced me into a corner of thinking, well, why don't I cook for her and see if she's going to eat uh, the kind of food that I eat? Meat with lentils and uh, vegetables, broccoli, carrots, green beans, apples... I was living in London and I had a nice allotment where I grew my veg and Lily would love to spend Saturdays and Sundays there. And I would notice her actually sort of picking at some of the herbs, which made me kind of really consider the whole issue about having herbs in her food. And so I started to read up about it and I tracked down a herbalist. And within a couple of weeks, you know, I could see that the sores on her stomach, you know, were just not so red. And then, you know, within a month, she was completely clear. Her fur had started growing back. All the itchiness from her ears had had disappeared. I was so horrified and shocked about how quickly she recovered by making food for her that I thought, well, hang on a second, I've got to sort of really find out what actually is in the food that I've been feeding her for the last 18 months. 
I was very shocked. I mean, here are millions of people thinking that they're buying a tin of meat for their dog and there's no meat in any of this food. You know, at best, it's carcass that's been, you know, squashed up and reformed to look like chunks of meat. Just the bone. So say of a chicken squashed up and mixed up with flowers and oils to make it malleable and able to be chopped up so it looks like pieces of meat and it's soft. And no one realises it. So I was a woman on a mission. I remember sitting in my office at home and I just wrote down the kind of recipe that I would love to be able to have produced because, you know, yes, I am a keen cook, but I wasn't that keen on cooking for Lily every night. And I just thought there must be other people like me who want to be able to, you know, put their hand on a prepared meal and they know that it's balanced and complete. You know, everybody laughed in my face. I mean, they just, you know, they just thought I was some crazy posh person who, who, you know, who had this mad idea about about pet food. And the best I was getting were people who said, oh, I turn up at a factory and they said, look, um, we're not going to show you around, but we make two kinds of pet food. You can either choose chunk and jelly or you can choose chunk and gravy. Which do you want? And I just look at them in disbelief, saying, no, no, I want to make something proper with real ingredients, with, you know, with meat, imagine that. And I mean, the idea of using any fresh vegetables was, was impossible for them to even contemplate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Lily, come back. You're so brave. We know you're not really brave. Come back, Lily. Good girl. You know, so I turn up to these factories, I'd be on my own, I was female, I'd certainly be the only woman there, apart from the lady who made the tea. And I think I was a real source of curiosity for people. You know, members of the, uh, of the company would come in just, just to look at me because they thought I was nuts. I mean, they'd say, but do you have any idea how much it would cost to make the kind of food you're talking about? Like, it was the most insane thing. And I said, look, I, I don't really mind about the price. I just want to produce something that's really good. I know things cost a lot of money if they're good quality. I'm sure there's going to be other people who want to feel assured. The pet food industry is, is a very kind of archaic industry. You know, it's big, big manufacturing. It's completely dominated by two companies, uh, two multinationals. And, you know, they make four million tins a day. So it's, it is a very heavily industrialized uh, business. The best factories are the ones that do have big vats of hearts and liver and meat and blood and, you know, very gory. But my heart sings when I see that because at least I know it's all good stuff going into the food. The worst factory is the ones that you go in and there's no smell of meat. You can't see anything that resembles meat anywhere. And it's just this sort of production line of bits of kibble just coming off a line. One of our kitchens is in Austria and it's run by father and daughter who are absolutely lovely. And, and I went to visit them and this guy sort of looked at me and he could really see I was keen on, on getting this project off the ground. And he's just said to me, you know, Henrietta, it's going to be very, very difficult what you're asking me. And he, he makes all our um, organic trays and he said, you know, I, I have to collect the organic meat, you know, kilo by kilo. You know, it's a very laborious process because of where they are. They're in Austria in the mountains and so he literally has farmers coming to him with small parcels of, of organic meat. So um, he said, you know, I, I don't know if I can produce this commercially. And I said, well, look, let's just start with, a, you know, with one pallet of each flavour, which is about a thousand small trays. 
and then we'll go from there. And, you know, and he just, he sort of really trusted me. And I was really grateful that somebody looked me in the, in the eyes and said, look, I, I think I can make what you want. I, I tried them out on Lily, Lily loved them. So, you know, the business has really grown since then. And we've pretty much uh, doubled our business year on year. We still work with all the producers we worked with at the beginning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, Lily, let's go. Come on, we better get to work. Let's go. I mean, if Lily hadn't got ill, then Lily's Kitchen would just never have happened. Because actually I was thinking, you know, I was just in the middle of a garden design course and that was where my career was taking me. And this was not in my future at all. And if she'd, you know, a lot of dogs eat supermarket food and they're fine. It's not that every single dog has to have a, a special diet, but because Lily became ill, that's really how I really fell into it. That was Henrietta Morrison on Hampstead Heath in London music and mixing by Chris O'Shaughnessy. Other Houndsound pack members are Beth Clayton, Dom Rorty and Andy Pritchard and our editor is Kate Bland. If you think you've got a great dog story and you want to join the pack at Houndsounds, please get in touch from wherever you are in the world. There are details on the Houndsounds website, houndsounds.co.uk.